person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where just because you refuse to believe something doesn't make it true. Or false. Or whatever the hell I'm saying. (laughs) Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used, or maybe Definitely abused. abused. <laughs> yeah, this one was not good. Definitely abused. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> the, the shenanigans. shenanigans. The very few shenanigans in this movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, sorely lacking in shenanigans. All right, let's do this thing, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess at the top, we should say that if you enjoy this movie, this is definitely not an episode to listen to at all. By the way, we're doing Fool's Gold. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we're so mad that we didn't even... We're so mad we don't even want to do the name of the film. Like, forget it. Let's just jump right in. You shouldn't stop listening if you like You this. don't even know the name of the movie, but already don't listen. Leave, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Okay, before before we get into the movie, for the month of love, we wanted to celebrate amazing chemistry between actors. So way back in 2022, you all voted for your favorite repeat rom-com duos. Yes, we had options of Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. We also had Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. We had Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. And our winning duo... Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Yes, and so we will be covering their movies this February. The next two episodes are going to be a Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey double feature to celebrate Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's a real 50-50 split here. Oh gosh. (laughs) I, I really wonder if people who voted for this duo we're voting primarily for How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. They 100% either... were voting for How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and none of them had seen this movie because they would not have voted for it. <laughs> I guarantee it. I mean, message us if I'm wrong. Yes. I know I'm not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to go into a whole spiel of like, I don't know, maybe it's someone's favorite movie. Nah. I don't know, but, oh, goodness. Jasmine and I have never watched this movie before. And we are both very sad that we have watched this movie now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ha, whew, what to say about Fool's Gold, Jen? Uh, it made fools out of both of us. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. gosh, there it goes. I was not prepared for that. Excellent. <laughs> that expert navigation into one of the title words. <laughs> uh, it was... I don't know where to begin. Maybe we should begin with a plot synopsis. Yeah, before we get into the dressing down, yes. let's uh, tell them what it's about. <laughs> I get, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just for context, because we're not advocating for anyone to watch this movie. <laughs> 
Uh, treasure hunters Tess and Finn are recently divorced. However, their paths cross again when Finn discovers a new clue to the treasure they've both been searching for all these years. He approaches Tess's boss to finance a renewed search for the treasure. Shenanigans, Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't see our faces, we need to make sure that you understand there's a question mark. Yes, a big question mark. <laughs> okay, so like right off the bat, honestly, I would say that perhaps this isn't even a rom-com and we've watched it by accident. The thing is, when I was doing research on great duos and rom-coms, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson came up as a repeat great duo. So I was like, who am I to question the person who wrote this article? But how? I... You just liked that one movie. I think this movie is confused as to what it wants to be. Because if you look at the poster, I would also not immediately be like, oh, this is a heist. And this is coming in 2008. So it's a few years after How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So if you're casting these two actors. Right. Like you banking on their chemistry and that it's going to be... A rom-com, or at least a rom-com something blend. Yeah, I have a few theories, maybe, that, like, perhaps this really was set up as an adventure-slash-heisty kind of movie, mm -hmm. and it didn't test well with the demo, right? Like, if this style of movie, a heist type of situation, doesn't test well with, you know, 20s to 50-year-old men or something, whatever the demo actually is, mm -hmm. then you can't bill it as an actual heist, right? If it didn't play well with them, they probably maybe shifted. I don't know. I have no other way of explaining why you would even say this is a rom-com. Yeah, the thing is, is that what confused me was the fact that the relationship is so central to the plot because most movies, whether they're uh, action, superhero, horror, whatever the genre, there is some sort of romance subplot happening some way, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Take National Treasure. There's also a romantic subplot, but it's not featuring those two actors standing together, holding each other, looking lovingly into each other's eyes on the poster. Right. So it's just very confusing in how this was presented. So billing it that way and then actually watching it, you know, people waffle all over the place over what constitutes a rom-com, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, there has to be a lot of comedy based on the relationship of the couple. That needs to be the reason for the comedy to be happening. Yes. And number one, there's barely any comedy in this. And a lot of it isn't even based on the couple. So I don't really know. Uh, I'm very confused by this movie in general and in addition to the fact that we weren't quite clear of where it wanted to be yeah it was just kind of boring and it's two hours long yeah it's honestly such a conundrum to me because a movie that spent this much money mm -hmm. on what was clearly a lot of elaborate scenes at sea. Do you know how much money and how much expense and how much safety precautions have to go into getting those scenes approved? Mm -hmm. The industry doesn't let you do those things willy-nilly. It's very expensive to prove that you can do all of those action scenes safely. And then you add in water and you add in boats and you add in underwater. Yes. You have to have crews of scuba underwater to make sure that the actors don't drown. It's 
an insane expense. And there are massive fight scenes happening underwater as well. So that's like additional things. There's just so much happening. Seriously, I feel like somebody literally wrote this so that they could live out their fantasy of doing all of these cool scenes and didn't spend any time or energy finding writers. <laughs> the scenes, they're so visually cool. Yeah. It's filmed incredibly well and then there's nothing there. No, there's no substance to it. And the thing is, if we watch this movie, right, and we're 20 minutes in and we realize... We both messaged each other and we're like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. Yes. We almost stopped watching. But we professionals and we powered through. We did. <laughs> but what I was getting at as well is that if we realized 20 minutes in that mm, maybe this isn't really a rom-com, we still would have gone along and enjoyed watching the movie for yeah. whatever genre it was and it would have been a pleasant experience. But it was just not a good movie. It was just not good. Whether or not it falls into the rom-com genre. Oh man. So I guess this week's List of shenanigans are going to be predominantly, if not entirely, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to those, let's hit on the sparse tropes. Yeah, we've got a fake out kiss. We've got a spoiled rich girl. Divorced couple getting back together. Montage? <laughs> a vulnerable speech being given to someone when they aren't actually there. And that's it. I guess maybe also... Because this isn't a rom-com trope, like rich guy funding some stuff. Oh, yeah. That's like a heist trope, right? Mm -hmm. Finding the rich guy. An eccentric billionaire. Yeah, I don't know why this is also a trope, but your Slavic best friend, I guess, can be a heist trope. A bad guy with a deceptively cutesy name yeah these are all heist tropes though this movie is trying to do but anyway even with the montage question mark we both texted each other and we were like is this a montage because even that wasn't really committed to yeah i wrote it down and i just wrote rich guy equipment montage <laughs> yeah because they're teaching him how to scuba i guess and cut to teaching the daughter to scuba and that's the end i was like waiting for more montage to happen because they're fully playing music and so on. Oh, there was a little bit more too, because they show all of the yeah. fancy equipment that he's using to now look for the underwater wreck, whatever. But that was truly a blink and you miss it montage. Yeah, and it wasn't edited well no. to be a montage. I don't know. I don't even remember the fake out kiss. I'm really happy that you wrote it down because like, that's all I was paying attention. So the fake out kiss, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson are about to go to bed. They've had dinner together on Tess's boss's boat. They're standing really close together and they're talking and they're reminiscing. And then it looks like they're going to go in for a kiss. And then Finn just like moves his head and goes to bed. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh, silly. And I guess since you had Spoiled Rich Girl on there, that's why I felt like I needed to add the Slavic best friend situation just oh, because right. this movie, in lieu of actually writing good jokes, used the Spoiled Rich Girl with a Valley Girl accent and the Slavic character with his accent and made them the butt of every attempted joke. And mm -hmm. I specifically say attempted because they don't land. No, they don't. Which is already low-hanging fruit. Yes. And you can't even accomplish it. And 
those characters both existed solely for the purpose of being punching bags. Which honestly can work really, really well if you actually wrote good jokes for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily opposed to having those characters be the butts of jokes. I'm currently doing a performance where I am pretending to do a Valley Girl accent for laughs, but you have to actually write the jokes. Yeah, and there has to be some sort of nuance to the characters in some way as well. Otherwise, it's just so tiring to watch. Yeah, and there needs to be more to the character than what you've given. Yeah. It can't be literally everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is that he doesn't understand normal American things or that she's constantly taking advantage of her looks Mm -hmm. to manipulate people and then gets mad that people only appreciate her for her looks, right? Like that's the joke over and over. Yeah, And then what really then bugged me was I thought that they were doing a tipping point for this character whose name is Gemma when Tess goes to look for her and says, I mean, this was also rude to say in front of your colleagues, but whatever. Uh, Tess says to Gemma, you see them, they can afford to be stupid. You can't. Cut to Tess being used again for her looks and her body to distract another boat while Finn dives for something so even that it didn't pay off as any growth for the character yeah because then they go and put her back in the same position as she's been the entire movie and I'm like so what was the point of this and see I feel like that joke lands better already if you can just lean all the way in and have that just be the thing that she does and then maybe reveal at the end that she's done it on purpose the entire time and we underestimated her. Exactly. You know, not that she's so mad exactly. that people don't take her seriously. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Exhausting. And it just makes the character unlikable. Or if you had just had Kate Hudson do it. Kate Hudson speaks multiple languages. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a character who's obviously been developed as more than a pretty face, it can be pretty funny to watch them muddle their way through and awkward interaction yeah where they're trying to do something that's counterintuitive to the character's natural being yeah so that can be the way to set it up and knock it down truly also like why is her dad the rich guy by the way everyone why is her dad just giving all this money to the two of them to find this bizarre treasure that's what bugged me as well because i could buy into the trip of the eccentric billionaire but because we were 45 minutes into the movie and we were still doing exposition <sighs> yeah we had the scene that was endlessly long of just exposition upon exposition upon exposition and i was just like i don't care i checked out entirely yeah you could have tightened that up made it a little bit more interesting maybe throw in something that links the billionaire to it maybe a montage (laughs) (laughs) that has him grasp onto it and that excites him and he's like oh we were just going to do our boring regular cruise what about treasure yeah like i needed this billionaire to be a lot more eccentric yeah dial him all the way up to a 10 you could do so many things maybe very quickly matthew mcconaughey's character mentions the name of the ship that they're trying to find Mm -hmm. and now the eccentric billionaire says that oh he had a relative who yes was part of the expedition and he's always been fascinated 
contaminated. Yeah, like just throw something in to give it some context. And also, Jane said this during the movie watch, exposition should be a show-don't-tell game. 100%. Why are you just telling us all of this information and they really throw it at you? (sighs) There's no universe building at all. No. It is literally just here's more information, more information, more information to justify the fact that they've made this movie at all. Yeah, and the thing is, the scene itself, it's just the four characters sitting in a lounge talking for 15 minutes. Maybe it wasn't 15 minutes. It felt like 15 minutes. Nothing else was happening in that scene. It needed to be so much shorter. Yeah. Number one, make it shorter. You got to truncate that information to as few words as possible. Mm -hmm. And other movies will do that during a shootout. Yes. Do something. Something. This movie, I cannot iterate it more is two hours long and this was all happening too right after finn and tess have gotten divorced but somehow he's now on the yacht with them convincing the old man to fund it i don't know i don't i don't really know how we got there Okay, but we can speak about the divorced couple getting back together. This is a trope that can be done quite well. Yeah. It's fun to see people who clearly have chemistry, but then had some sort of break and then reconciling. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Let's go with it. But it's also, (laughs) I don't know, the whole thing felt really bizarre as well. I don't think they hashed out those characters enough for this. I don't think they needed to be getting divorced at the beginning. No. I feel like a separation would have been sufficient. I also think it would have been a more compelling character choice to have them be separated and have Finn specifically seek out this rich old man as a way to take advantage of a connection that Tess has. Yeah. Like reinforce this character behavior and then have it transition over the course of it or something like that. There's ways that you could have made it more compelling. Do you know what would have helped this as well? A montage. (laughs) I needed a montage at the top of the two of them meeting in a bar or whatever it is and falling in love and a montage of that whole relationship and their treasure seeking and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Start the movie like that. Exactly. We've cut to five years later and they divorced already or separated and then you can fill us in. We really didn't need to watch the two of them getting divorced and Finn being late. Like, it didn't add anything. You can establish that he's flaky and unreliable in other ways. Again, show, don't tell. We didn't need to watch the divorce proceeding. No, we really didn't. But the trope in and of itself, don't really have a problem with. Yeah, the two of them... I don't know. The two of them, obviously, we're going to have to get back together. Mm -hmm. She's obviously not over him. She says as much over and over again, especially to two of the only characters I actually liked, the chefs (laughs) on the yacht. (laughs) They're a married couple. I believe they were married. Yeah. And the two of them are adorable. And this is the thing that I'm saying with the montage that I missed at the top. Like, we obviously know that Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey have amazing chemistry, but we needed to see more chemistry between the characters up top, the foundation, Mm -hmm. the things they had in common, so that it feels more justified them getting back together at the end because we've seen them fall in love already. Yeah. And we didn't have that. I feel like even the divorce proceedings 
could have been more interesting if he had arrived early yes and caught her before she went in and tried to tell her then about finding a new clue on the trail that had previously gone cold and now she's gotten pulled back in just a little bit mm-hmm. maybe there's a little cat and mouse conversation yes. she's like no no i'm not going back and then goes into the divorce proceedings and they have their little moment mm-hmm. i feel like even that could have been fun but instead they chose to have him stranded at sea so that they could send these young 20 year olds on a speedboat so that the women could flash him that was the choice made instead of character development uh, that scene when matthew mcconaughey is bobbing on something and that shot before the speedboat comes up behind him that shot just goes on for so long and i wrote then in my notes pick it up <laughs> it was just so pointless i didn't need that scene at all just have him get back to the shore whatever the audience isn't gonna ask questions oh, i'm so mad the words aren't even coming up properly <laughs> do you know what i actually think could have worked let's just expedite this whole thing okay have the boat blow up mm-hmm. and he's bobbing on the water and kate hudson's boss picks him up already like let's just start there let's just move this along i get it i think maybe they wanted to introduce kevin hart's character i don't know it was an excuse to get him in early oh, if you could have done that beforehand shift a couple of things yeah <laughs> shift a couple of things introduce big bunny or bad bunny or whatever <laughs> bad bunny is a rapper <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking that all the time too <laughs> <laughs> then just have the rich billionaire pick him up already you can still have kate hudson coming in that was actually quite funny when she came in and saw finn sitting there and screamed and just like started throwing plates right on the table i also feel like kevin hart's character big bunny already had his henchmen watching yeah they were there watching when the boat sank Mm -hmm. they could have easily just truncated like you said matthew mcconaughey's character gets picked up by the rich guy And the two henchmen now go report back to Big Bunny. We don't even need to have Finn and Big Bunny be in a scene together until the very end, which would have built tension. exactly. And then he becomes Big Bunny, that is, becomes a little bit more ominous. Yeah. It builds the stakes a little bit more. The amount of times he Bond villains, (laughs) the opportunity to kill Finn is just outrageous. Mm. He never finishes the job. He just walks away. It's very unbelievable. And they do say, though, how many times do I have to kill this guy? And I'm like, my God. He dies so much. You didn't. Jane did a count. She started somewhere in 45 minute mark or so. Jane, how many times is this guy supposed to die? Uh, Hang on. Let me hold for... Hold for count. Death count. (laughs) Six times. Matthew McConaughey should be dead six times in this movie. This is not for plot reasons. This is just for being a human reasons. Just for realistic, how did you get out of this again reasons. (laughs) Yeah, like, you should be dead. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh... Last trope is the vulnerable speech being given to someone when they aren't actually there. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. And and kind of touching. It was to me the most heartwarming part of the movie. Yeah. Which isn't saying much, (laughs) but there we are. (laughs) Finn has gone off somewhere, but Tess doesn't know that. And she's standing in the door and she's giving a really vulnerable speech of how it's actually nice to see him again and to reconnect. And she says a couple of really 
nice things about him. She then switches on the light and sees that the bed is empty. Yeah, and it was really sweet. This trope is cousins to the trope of saying something vulnerable when you think someone's asleep and they aren't really asleep. And I kind of like it. People hearing things they're not supposed to hear or people missing something they were meant to can be really funny. Yeah. It's the whole set it up, knock them down. But it's not enough. No, it's not enough building and the relationship and then we don't really truly see that vulnerability reciprocated for sure or when they're both in the same room together so i don't know the trip was executed in the moment pretty decently i think mm-hmm. kate hudson is also just amazing she's acting her heart out she's trying so hard doing the most with so very little she's committing <laughs> and it's just really unfortunate that the script isn't helping her super super unfortunate oh (laughs) okay can we move on to the scant shenanigans yes (laughs) ma'am well right off the top something that i was delighted with and really thought was going to set the tone for a better movie than i got Mm. was the magical fire (laughs) oh my goodness That piece of paper was doing so much. I was so excited for this movie when I watched the opening sequence because it was so much fun. I thought we were getting set up for something very fun. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a piece of paper that flies off a pinboard in the boat and then catches a light. Yeah, so they're using a gas generator to pump the air down for their exploration underwater. It's so old and it's sputtering and it's shooting up sparks and then the sparks catch a little paper and it floats around and boop-ba-doo. And yeah, the (laughs) boop-ba-doo. And then it culminates in the whole boat exploding. And what I enjoyed about the sequence was that it just kept going and going and going. Yeah, it got worse and and worse and worse. Part of it was his own doing, right? Mm -hmm. Finn has not kept the boat up. The boat is in a serious state of disrepair and so the surprise explosion of this magical, <laughs> magical piece of paper fire. <laughs> it took it way further than i thought it was going to oh yeah absolutely it was very enjoyable and i thought that that was setting the tone Me too. i was like oh we're gonna get lots of silly hijinks and things that are over the top and instead i don't know bull. <laughs> We covered my main kind of shenanigan, which was the Matthew McConaughey death count. But (laughs) to expand on it a little bit more, right at the top, he is chained and thrown overboard. And he takes a gun underwater and is trying to shoot the chains to free himself. And I was like, you're dead. You're dead. You're already dead. Yeah. You've run out of air. I don't understand. That was already (laughs) way too long of a sequence. I suppose he practices holding his breath a lot because of all of the underwater work he does. I don't know. That's all I can think of. I mean, I guess. He's got like a four minute. Like, what's the record for holding your breath underwater? (laughs) I'm going to look it up right now. (laughs) Yeah, that was just ridiculous what the heck it's longer than you think right way longer here it says but on the 28th of feb 2016's alex segura vendrell sorry i'm butchering this achieved the world record for breath holding with a time of 24 minutes yeah 24 minutes that's why i was like maybe he's got a four minute it's not completely unreasonable (laughs) 
Oh, wow. I'm going to Google average. 20 does not seem possible. 24 seems impossible. Most people can hold their breath comfortably for about one to two minutes. So, okay, maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been practicing this. Yeah. Say give him four minutes. It's one of his few skills. (laughs) That and apparently sex, because that's the only reason why Tess is with him. And and books in some way. I don't know. Oh my god, that's you my read. favorite shenanigan of the entire movie. The one thing that did bring me some delight throughout was their inexplicable turn on of reading old books. Every time they found a dusty old book, I know technically it's because they found a new clue, yeah. but I'm associating it with being turned on by old books. Um, <laughs> me too. That's my, my, my canon for this movie as well. Canon, canon. <laughs> their, their libido is activated by dusty old books. Oh boy. They once had a threesome with a librarian. That's my... <laughs> I was about to say, what? I missed that part of the movie. <laughs> no, that's my canon for their past. That's why. I it... believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Dead. So good. Oh, so that is one part that I do really love. Yeah. Your own head canon. <laughs> yeah, head canon. <laughs> Obsession with books. <sighs> hey, I don't kink shame. No, no, no. <laughs> all inclusive it's just very it's just very apparent that this is why they're together mm-hmm. and Tess even says it she says I married him for sex yeah so cool it is so <laughs> built into their character development it's one of the few pieces of character development they actually did to the point where Tess's own lawyer makes a comment yes about it <laughs> but even that we needed like you saying that right but we needed to see that so much more. Yeah, it's more fun. Which would have helped with a beginning montage, like we said. But also, we needed to see that when they were being antagonistic towards each other on the boat and at the beginning. We needed to see that they are so enamored with each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we needed to feel that palpable sexual tension because you're telling us that this is what the characters are. And they needed to have that be right off the bat. And I think they were trying to say, you know, her attraction towards him has waned because of all of the years of stress and tension. But I don't know. Like, it it should have been there from the very get. It should have been when he walked into the divorce proceeding. Yes. We needed to see it. Yeah. Like, we needed to see her get all hot and bothered and him rile her up a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Like, how long has it been since they've seen each other? Because they're getting divorced for a reason, right? But then he would surely have more of an effect on her physically. I agree with all of that. We just needed more so many places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like this transitions into something very funny that Jane said during the watch. Which is that not even Matthew McConaughey's abs can save this film. (laughs) Boy, did they try. Like, they were trying real hard. They had him shirtless. We were getting some gratuitous shots. Of a two-hour movie, he was probably shirtless for a minimum of 45 minutes, right? (laughs) And I mean, like, a lot of it makes plot sense because he's in the ocean and underwater underwater, you know the sea is involved it's not completely yeah the ocean was doing the most to try to help us with this movie (laughs) it's not completely 
completely unfathomable that he would be shirtless, but it wasn't enough. his abs earned their paycheck yeah. in this movie. <laughs> and somehow even they could not save this movie. But shout out to Matthew McConaughey's abs. I mean, you both of their abs, let's be honest. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Tessa's abs, too. I just feel like more tension was paid to his. I know. But yes, Kate Hudson's abs. Also, like, mm-hmm. her little final scene, loved that. Or not final scene, but her little battle at the blowhole and what she manages to accomplish for... I loved her character for that whole thing. That was like the most interested in the movie I was the entire time. Me too. When you said her final scene, I was like, no, I hated that because it's cut to her pregnant and them getting remarried. Oh, yeah. And that was her final scene. So I was like, no. No. They did the character dirty in the end. But her final fight scene. Her being incredibly resourceful. Was really fun. That was really fun to watch. Which just makes me even sadder because like what this movie could have been. Yeah, it had really fun moments and they let us down. How can you do so much in terms of... There's goalposts, right? The structure was present and the filling was not. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think the premise was really fun and there was a lot of potential. It was just the execution. The scenes needed to be so much shorter. Mm -hmm. A lot of the exposition needed to be shown and not told. Yeah. And could have been truncated and made more relevant. We needed montages. We needed so many montages. And I think with a few changes, I think we could have ended up with a really fun hour and a half rom-com. Or heist movie, if you wanted to make it a heist movie. Yeah. Or treasure hunt or whatever. It could have been a nice tight 90. They just needed to figure out some of those scenes and flesh them out a bit better. So wordy. So wordy and just some really awkwardly long pauses. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. The only other thing I wrote down was, I know this was early in his career, but I wasn't buying Kevin Hart as this bad guy. I know he goes on to do comedy, and that's probably coloring a lot of my opinion, but he's not scary enough. Come on, it's Kevin no, Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I have written down, but I think this had more to do with Kate Hudson's delivery, was when Tess keeps tripping over a rock, and she's like, I keep tripping over this dumb rock. And the rock is plot-specific, but... I think it was her delivery that made it funny more than anything else. Because she could deliver the worst things and somehow make them enjoyable. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, the final shenanigan. Gosh, the context with which they put them on a seaplane and then put them in the air with no way to land. I do not remember how they put that all together. But at the end of the action, they have to land it in the ocean. And it's just... There's so many elements that could have been fun and so many things that they leaned in for action Mm movie-esque stuff that just didn't really work. It also felt that it was being shoved in at the last minute, kind of, because it's like a flip was switched and all of a sudden we're in a high action movie suddenly. Yeah. To be honest with you, I zoned out entirely in those 15 minutes or so. I wanted to like that part. I liked the setup. Kevin Hart, I think believe got knocked out of that plane into the ocean and presumably dies i want to know more about how he got his pilot's license but that's another (laughs) story um and then you end up with kate and matt on this damn plane having to land it and then it does do a bit of a landing and then crashes at the end but they're okay whatever Mm -hmm. it just 
let us down. Yeah, it did. It's a shame. So close and yet missing over and over. There's so many elements that would have made this a wonderful movie and right at the top of that list is Kate and Matt. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. It's just... Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, well. Yep. You know. You know. <laughs> All right, well, that takes us to Fun Fab Fail. Everyone can probably guess where we're going, probably. right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> still a surprise, still an air of mystery. Ooh, no, there isn't. Ooh. This was a fail, guys. <laughs> this was bad. This is a straight up fail, both as a rom com and just as a movie. It was just a fail. Yeah, it's not a rom com, it's not a heist. And it wasn't fun enough. No. And, you know, there are certain movies. I watched quite a lot of homogesque rom-coms in the lead up to Christmas. And some of them are really bad. Oh, absolutely. And, like, bad in production value as well. Really bad. But you love them. You love them. And they Fun bad. Fun bad. There is such a thing as fun bad. There's a point with which something becomes so bad, it's now like campy. Yes. And I love campy. I eat up campy movies when other people dislike them. I'm here (laughs) for every dumb joke you can think of. But this didn't even have that. You have lines that are so cheesy and just like cloying. I love cheese. We gave an entire section about making up cheeses for movies because we love cheese. (laughs) Give it. Give me the cheese. Please. But there wasn't any. There was none. And that to me is the worst crime of this movie and why it needs to be a fail is because it didn't even have the decency to be good bad or bad good or whatever it was just sad and boring i was so bored Uh, that's the cardinal sin Mm -hmm. i need to be able to watch something and make fun of it the whole way through yes i need to watch something and feel angry i need to watch something and feel something i we didn't even have fun making fun of this movie because there was nothing nothing to to make make fun fun of it it was was just just boring because they didn't do it on purpose none of the jokes were bad on purpose they were bad because they were lazy and that's (sighs) worse anyway our first double fail first double fail i've given plenty of fails and this (laughs) one is the king of fails (laughs) i give them out willy-nilly i don't care This is my first fail, and it's a strong one. Okay, well, that brings us to our still favorite segment, despite all this. Still favorite, even for something so terrible. I'm still really excited. For... Me too, I'm so excited about my cheese. Give, Give me, me the cheese, please. please. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, and empty cheese cheese board. (laughs) I love yours. Yours is so good. You were like, I won't even deign to give this a cheese at all. I will get into it, though, because I went first last time. I'm so impressed with you keeping track at this moment. I think only for these two watch. I'm going to be off track real soon. Okay, your turn. Okay. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese is joyless, as is this movie. The end. 
not prepared for you to come in that hot. I'm so mad. I went to take a sip of my water and I damn near spit take girl. Oh boy. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Okay, no no. I actually I do have I do have a bit more. But that's like the purest form of my feeling. That was the saltiest I think you've ever been for this. Okay, let's go. So a cottage cheese can't make up its mind whether it is a solid or a liquid. Which is it? I really don't know. This movie didn't know if it was an action movie or if it was a rom-com. What was happening? Also, a cottage cheese, you have to add it to other things. And it's not adding anything. I know people use it for like health stuff and they are good properties to eating it or whatever but what is it really contributing i'd rather just eat the salary stick by itself right can enjoy kate hudson and matthew mcconaughey independent of this movie the cottage cheese is not doing anything i'm really sorry if you like cottage cheese (laughs) but i don't jane finds cottage cheese joyless so (laughs) makes me sad (laughs) and this movie made me sad (laughs) can put it on a sticker anyway (laughs) tell me about this empty cheese board i mean we know why but like i want to hear your explanation so number one it's an empty cheese board because (laughs) i was bored (laughs) that's just right out the gate i do love a pun i love bad puns in particular (laughs) and there is no cheese Mm -hmm. this was the absence of cheese The cheese is a lie. But you're expecting cheese. You're expecting cheese because it starts off with this fun, mystical realism, magical fire. Uh Love mystical realism. Give it to me. And so I was ready to accept whatever they were going to throw my way, except they didn't throw anything. (laughs) It's like I arrived to the party full of hope and there wasn't even cottage cheese. (laughs) And so that's why this movie has to be... An empty cheese board. Oh, goodness. The antithesis of cheese. It is the absence of cheese. But still the promise of cheese. Right. Which is worse. Which is worse. Yes. You promised me with a good time. Liars. (laughs) You lied to me, Fred. You're a liar. (laughs) I'm thinking of more reasons as to why cottage cheese is like this movie, but no, I, I think you get you it. You didn't need to say anything after the absence of joy. That was enough for me. I was fully invested. I was like, say less. I'm ready. Because the more I'm thinking about it, the more reasons are coming up. Because you said your cheese board, and I'm like, who's happy to see cottage cheese on a cheese board? Who? Tell me who, Jasmine. Literally no one. Who's happy? If you did that, they would commit you. Yeah. You're not okay. There's no flavor. Ooh, this goes back to the thing we were talking about, not even having the decency to be bad good, is that cottage cheese isn't even bad the way some people feel blue cheese it's bad because it's too strong or right. whatever. Personally, I love a blue. That's an opinion on yeah. a cheese that is otherwise like perfectly fine on its own. Yes. You know, it has a very strong flavor and smell and is potent so I can understand why certain people won't like it. But this is just boring. Right. There's not anything to dislike or have an opinion about because there's... Nothing of substance. Anyway, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Much like an unseasoned piece of chicken breast, Ugh. this has no spice. That visceral reaction Jane just had in this movie. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes it 
worse about, okay, we know chicken breast isn't cheese, but like just to take the analogy further, a chicken breast has so much potential. There's so much you can do with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spices, marinades, bribe, barbecue, grill, fry. We've had other movies like that. How I felt that Bridget Jones's Diary was a cheese that is a staging cheese for other things, mm-hmm. right? You have elements. There's so many good elements. Yeah. This one doesn't even have the elements yeah. if you take out Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. That's true. Well, we let you have it. <laughs> that was our discussion of Fool's Gold. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Have you seen this movie? Are we entirely wrong? No, we are not, but you are entitled to your opinion too. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod, or if you would like to argue that this movie is not <laughs> like its namesake, Fool's Gold, as in fake and misleading, then you can email us at shenaniganssuepod at gmail.com. Wait, isn't there like a rock that's called Fool's Gold or yeah, something? Yeah, pyrite. Yeah. Jen, I think you gave it to me it's once. It's literally fake gold. Yes. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Yep, it's what prospectors would find, and it's worthless, much like this movie. <laughs> I'm used to you coming in hot. <laughs> I'm ending it hot. <laughs> I don't start it, but I will finish it. <laughs> it's my favorite line from the Aristocats. I think we all know that you started too. I know. <laughs> This outro has just derailed. That's fine. That's what we're here for. <laughs> it's our, all our pent-up energy that hasn't been expended in joy. Yeah. <laughs> this movie that's coming out now. <laughs> I have so much love to give. Yes. And I had none for this. Oh, not even Matt's abs. <laughs> not even Matt's abs, Matt. I wish you could have saved it. Okay. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, Florida, Florida didn't ruin your life. life. You, you did. Bye. Bye. <laughs> also, that lawyer's line is questionable. Florida has ruined a lot of lives. Florida man is a thing. Look it up. Any weird headline, I just know it's coming from Florida. That was one of the first things I learned living in the States. That's what you get when you have sunshine laws, baby. What? Yeah, you don't even have to be prosecuted. They'll post your information on newspapers. Oh, Florida. Oh, no, I need to say it the way you guys do. Oh, Florida. Florida. <laughs>